God for America. Amen. Praise the Lord. So thankful for all the men and the women who have served in the armed forces. Some uh, gave of their time and some gave all. We certainly are thankful for that and thankful for their commitment and their love. And I do love this country. I'm so glad that I am American. Amen. I'm not, I'm not, uh, well, we better not get into that. But I'm just a plain old American. You don't have to put anything else on there. I'm just an American, and I'm proud of it. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I've heard it once, I've heard a thousand times, but still sweeter every day the story grows, and each day it's told again how to wash away my Oh, my. 
let's stand if you would this morning why don't we just lift our hands to God and praise him thank him for that blood that he shed on Calvary as brother Luper comes in the morning hallelujah, hallelujah. praise God are you thankful for the blood today let's really worship him right now God we give you praise oh thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus God we worship you thank you for the sacrifice that was made I think we can do a little bit better than that church thank you Lord for the sacrifice that was made Lord you are good you are so good hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify you, Holy Ghost. You are great. You are wonderful. You are mighty. How great is thy name. How great is thy name. How great is thy name. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, I'm so thankful for Calvary today. Amen. There was a debt that I could not pay and I'm thankful that he went to Calvary and paid my debt and gave me an opportunity to know him and the power of the Holy Ghost I don't think we could ever praise him too much for just that if he never done another thing for us in our life that's enough to worship him until he comes back for his church hallelujah praise God. Praise God. Praise God. How many come to have church this morning? Did you come to worship the Lord? Did you come to magnify Him? Did you come to give Him glory in His house today? Hallelujah. 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 It is so good to be in the house of God. Good to see everyone that is here this morning. Lord bless you for coming to church, all of our guests that are here. We're honored that you've come to be with us. We ask you to come back and be with us again every opportunity that you get. And uh, we have church again here tonight. Don't forget choir practice tonight at 530. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter number 30. Isaiah chapter number 30. And we'll be reading from verse number 19. Thank you, Brother Trey, for the word of the Lord this morning. And enjoyed that. Appreciate these men bringing forth good things from a good heart. Amen. Because we're serving a good God. And uh, so thankful for these brethren in the church. Thankful for everyone this morning. Isaiah chapter number 30, verse number 19. The scripture says, For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at, thy, at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. Now, that's a pretty firm statement. And uh, verse number 20, Though the Lord 
Yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore. But thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When ye shall turn, when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left hand. When you are fed the bread of adversity, and the water of affliction, and the, that teachers removed into a corner, they shall not be removed into a corner. But thine eyes shall see thy teacher. And this is what you're going to hear behind thee, a voice that says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Lord bless you this morning for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated. And uh, I know it's been a while since I preached, so I'm going to try to give you part of what I've got to say today and not everything that I have to say. I've had a lot of hours sitting, doing nothing. And I told them up there, I said, if I would hunt this hard at home, there is no telling what I would kill. And uh, I would go out there and sit from about 5 o'clock in the morning to about 11 o'clock in the morning, come back and get something to eat, go back about 1 or 2 and set to about 7. Uh, I set one day all day long, save two hours in 35 degree rain. Did not see one deer. They were a lot smarter than I was. But anyway had fun doing so. That's what it's all about. And uh, I want to preach to you from this subject this morning, and I know this may sound like a oxymoron or when we are talking about what God can do and what God will do, but I want to preach from this subject. This has been on my mind for all week long, and uh, I felt the Lord dealing with me about this. I want to preach from this. When God... Don't move the mountain, and when God, don't calm the storm. Now, before you turn me off, before I get started, wait until you hear the rest of it. So, I want to preach from that subject today. There, there is, and Brother Trey was preaching to us a little bit this morning, about all the things that God is able to do. God is a miracle worker if you don't think God is a miracle worker look at your neighbor and you'll see that God is a miracle worker and uh, sometimes you can even look when you think that God don't have a sense of humor you can look at your neighbor and see that God has a sense of humor but they're probably looking back at you thinking the same thing but <clears throat> anyway God is a miracle worker. His word is full of miracles that he performs. We look from the beginning of time, uh, the beginning of the word of the Lord in the beginning of time until this very present day. All through the word of God, we can find that God done many, many wondrous works. Uh, Brother Duplessis was telling about 
the problem that he had working on a vehicle and not being able to get it fixed and then uh, going to God in prayer and asking God for his help. Uh, God works silly things out for us. Amen. Things that does not mean life or death and does not mean health and strength or sickness and pain. But God just works things out for us just because He's God and He's in love with us. Amen. And uh, I, I remember my daddy telling the story long before I ever come to Arkansas and certainly before I ever come to Texas, but I can remember him telling the story when he first moved to Stuttgart. He uh, uh, was trying to build a church there and he was doing little odd jobs to try to make a living because there, there, he was building a church. There was no one in the church, so no way to support them. And uh, I believe he had two or three kids at that present time. And uh, he, he was doing odd jobs. And so he had someone that brought a vehicle and uh, wanted him to rebuild it, to rebuild the engine in the vehicle. I, I believe it was a six-cylinder, if I'm not, not mistaken. I can't really remember all the details. But I can remember him telling that he rebuilt that engine and he was needing the money. And he was so excited because he was almost through. And so... He went out there, and after he got it all done, he, he uh, could not remember the firing order to that engine. And he, he tried everything that he could remember, and he tried every wire going to every spark plug and coming off of the distributor, trying to switch them around and try to get it running right, and could not, could not figure out the firing order. And said he worked on it, I think, for two days, and finally... He went to the Lord in prayer, and he began to pray that, God, you know that I need the money, you know that we're hungry, you know, God, that we need help, and I can't figure out the firing order so I can't get that engine running right and, uh, and uh, can't get any money for it. So he began to pray, and he went, went to bed that evening and went to sleep, and in the middle of the night, God gave him a dream of the firing order of that car. He said he jumped out of bed immediately and run outside and began to put those plug wires on the right just like the dream told him to do. Started it up and it run as smooth as could be. God cares about his people. Amen. Amen. God is able to perform uh, untold miracles when... When uh, the world says that it's impossible, when, when the world says that it cannot happen, when doctors say that it cannot happen, God is a miracle worker. When we look into the Word of God, we can find in many different situations that God uh, removed mountains or God calmed storms. We can find where, where even... Uh, Jonah, when he was running from the Lord, when they'd done what he told them to do, that God calmed the storm. God sent the storm, and God was able to calm the storm. The storm in Jonah's life, when he was in the belly of hell, the scripture says that he cried by reason of his affliction, and when 
he began to cry for three days and three nights. God calmed the storm and caused the fish to spit Jonah out on dry ground. God caused the storm. God calmed the storm. God sent the fish and God gave direction to the fish. Amen. We look in the word of God in Mark chapter 4. We can find that the disciples were in the midst of the storm and they had Jesus in the back of the boat asleep and the storm began to be contrary unto them and they were afraid that they would lose their life and they woke up the master in verse number 39 we find the scripture says and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm that day amen we find that the apostle Peter after the day of Pentecost when they had taken James and put him in prison and it pleased the people so they took Peter and put him in prison and we find that Peter is sitting there and he is kept in prison between two guards and Peter is resting comfortably in the midst of the dungeon that he is in and Peter therefore was kept in prison Acts chapter 12 verse number 5 and verse number 7 but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him can I remind you today that prayer still works amen that God is a God that answers prayer we find at the text says in Isaiah chapter number 30 and verse number 19 it says and he will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry amen what he is talking about he said when his people cry out to him God is a prayer answering God God will hear the cry of his people amen I come by to remind you this morning that don't stop praying now because God is a prayer answering God Amen. Don't start reaching out to God now because God is a prayer answering God. Amen. Don't stop being faithful to God now because God has got a miracle on the way for you. Amen. Don't ever lose your faith in believing that God is a miracle worker. Hallelujah. 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 I'm reminded... And we hear it, Brother Cooper re, re, uh, quotes this quite often and it's become a saying of this church uh, by the dear saint of God that stood up and all they had to say was uh, that it works. Amen. Don't ever forget that you just keep on a praying, keep on a believing, keep on a asking, keep on a knocking, keep on a seeking uh, because I'm telling you today that it works. It works. It works, it works, it works, it still works. It's always going to work. It always has worked. And God has never lost his power and his ability to perform miracles. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But prayer was made 
without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And the scripture said in verse number 7, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hand. Amen. God is a miracle worker. Amen. God was able to come in in the inner prison and break the chains without anybody knowing it. Amen. The two guards were sitting there watching Peter. And Peter gets up from his sleep. The chains fall off. And he puts on his sandals. And he walks right out of the prison. Why? Because God heard the prayer of a church. Amen. Let me remind you, church, keep praying for the backslider. Amen. Keep praying for those who are having difficulty in their life. Thank God for a praying church. Thank God for a praying church. Thank God for a church that prays. Thank God for a church that knows how to touch heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But prayer was made and God come to the rescue and walked Peter out. Now what was so, so ironic about it that Peter made his way to where the church was and the church was praying and he knocked on the door and Rhoda come to the door and she was so amazed that she thought she had seen a ghost. Amen. What is wrong with us sometimes today is we're praying, but we're not really believing that God is going to do it. And when God does it, it blows our mind and we are so shocked. Amen. But I want to tell you, when God, when you pray, God is going to hear you. And when God opens, when God makes a way and God provides a miracle, you have got to go open the door and allow the miracle in the house of God. I want to tell you, pray for revival, church. But when revival comes to the door, the church has got to open the door and allow the miracle to come stepping in. Don't run from the miracle. Believe God for the miracle. Enjoy the miracles that God has placed in your life. Hallelujah, we find in Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 21, the Lord gives us instructions to the power that we have, reminding us of the power that we have. God gave us power to speak to the mountain. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 21 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done unto the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Not maybe. Not possibly, but the word of God said, it shall be done. God is a mountain mover. Without a doubt, God 
is a storm calmer. Amen. How many has ever had a storm in your life and Jesus stepped out on the bow of your ship and spoke to the storm and said, Peace, be still. And everything just went calm. Amen. I am a living testimony of the power of God that is able to calm every storm that has ever come in your life. Amen. A God that is a miracle worker. A God that is a blind eye opener. A God that is a sick man healer. Amen. A God that is able to put 10,000 to flight. Hallelujah. 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 It's easy to shout about what God has done and what God is able to do. But I want to talk to you this morning about what do you do when God doesn't calm the storm and when God doesn't move the mountain. Amen. There has and there is in a lot of our lives today turmoil and storms that is going on in our lives. I've seen people that, that can't live for God when everything is going well. And they have everything that they need. They seem to forget about God. I see those that, that when as long as everything is going good, they don't have any problem serving God. But when things start to go haywire in their life, they throw up their hands in disgust and amazement saying, where is God and why are these things coming to pass in my life? And if God loved me, he wouldn't allow this to happen to me. Amen. I want to tell you some things happen to us for reasons and for purposes that God has a plan and God has something that he is leading us to and something that he is going to take us through. Amen. I, I, now, now, don't misunderstand me this morning. Sin has never been in the plan and the will of God. When you fall, God didn't let you fall. You fell because of your carnality. And God is not pleased with carnality and our failures. Amen. So those kinds of things that happen in our life are not the will and the plan of God. But there is situations that come beyond our control and problems that we have that are beyond our control that sometimes God just leads us not over amen not not around the storm amen but just like the children of Israel that was standing there facing the Red Sea and looking behind them seeing the Egyptian army now God could have just transplanted them on the other side of the sea but God had a plan and he took them right through the middle of the sea what was God's plan God was I'm going to take you through it I'm not going to take you over it I'm not going to take you around it but I'm taking you through it because of what I take you through it's going to destroy the enemy and the adversary of your soul amen God God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a will for our lives today. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We look in the Word of God and we can find many places in the Word of God where people dealt with tragedy and heartache and disappointment in their life. Amen. We look at the Word of God and the promises in the Word of God. Amen. God's promise to us that in the word of the Lord, he said, I, you shall call him Emmanuel. He will be Emmanuel, which being interpreted means God with us. Amen. And when we look in the New Testament, we can find, I believe it's in John chapter 14. He said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. So he promises us that he is going to be with us. Then he promises us that he's not only going to be with us, but he is going to be in us. We can find, I believe it is the apostle Paul that wrote in the scripture, he said that God before us, nothing, nothing, nothing shall be able to stand against us. So the promises of the Lord is that I'm going to be with you, Emmanuel. Then the promise is I'm going to be not only with you, but I'm going to be in you. Then the word of God promises us not only that I am with you, amen, are in you, but I am for you. I come to tell the church of God. God today that God is not only with us God is not only in us but God is for us and if I've got God for me who can stand against me amen we have got the best thing going today hallelujah 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 problems come mountains in our lives Stormy and raging seas come about. We look in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. We can find that reading the word of the Lord, the apostle Paul was one of the greatest apostles that, uh, that, that has ever been and done so many great and marvelous things, wrote so many great writings to the church, had so many wonderful miracles that was performed by God under his ministry. But this is what the Apostle Paul had to say in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. He said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. Amen, I am not near as great as those other apostles are. He said, I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequent, in death oft of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, saved one, thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been 
in the deep, in journeyings often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold, in nakedness besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And then he makes a statement, after all that I've been through, after all that I have faced, he is speaking to the church at Corinthians. He said, and you think that you've had it bad? You think that you've had some storms in your life? He said, who is weak? Let me tell you something, I've been through it, but I know a God that said he's going to be with me, he's going to be in me, and he's going to be for me. So if God be for me, who is weak? He said, I am not weak. I am not offended. I burn not. What do we do if God doesn't calm the storm? Amen. We just hang on to the hand of God because God has a plan for the storm that we are facing. God has has a plan for the mountain that we are climbing. God has a plan for my life that I am in the midst of right now. Amen. Amen. The scripture said how, 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 how can you be offended? How can you say that I am weak? Did, 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 did God love the Apostle Peter more than he did James. James was taken captive by the same group of people and James lost his head. God looks down in the dungeon and brings Peter out. God calmed the storm in Peter's life. Did God love the other apostles more than he loved the apostle Paul? Amen. The apostle Paul was one of the greatest. But he said, I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been in the middle of the storm and I prayed and God didn't calm the storm. Amen. I prayed and God didn't cause it to be daylight. He said for night and day we had not seen the sun, moon, or stars. But what the apostle Paul had to say, he said, whatever you do, don't ever abandon the ship. Amen. What is the ship? The ship is a ship of Zion, which is a good old gospel church. Amen. Don't ever abandon the church. Don't ever walk away from God. Amen. God may not calm the storm that you are going through, but God knows how to calm His church. Amen. God knows just what He's doing. God knows just where He's taking you. God knows just what's on the other side of the storm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The scripture said in Psalms chapter 29 
in verse number 11, the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Psalms 37 and verse number 11 said, But the meat shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Amen. How do I keep my peace when all the world is crashing in around me? How do I keep my peace when my family is going haywire? How do I keep my peace when nobody wants to do right around me? How do I keep my peace when my health is crashing to the floor? How do I keep my peace when my bank account is empty? How do I keep my peace when I can't pay my bills? How do I keep my peace when my car won't run? How do I keep my peace? Amen. When I lost my job. Amen. There is something about God that he may not always calm the storm, but he's never going to leave you in the storm alone. Amen. He's always going to walk with you. He's always going to be with you. He's always always going to be there helping you through the storm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes God calms a storm. But then other times He lets us go into the storm and He calms His child. And he lets everybody know that everything is going to be all right. I can remember when I was a little boy hunting. Always been kind of scared of the dark. Still don't like the dark too much. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. I have no evil deeds, so I like light. I wish it never got dark. Amen. Just always stay daylight all the time. Amen. Darkness is wasted time, but you could be doing something profitable. But, but I, I can remember we we hunted on a place called Big Island, and uh, it was way down on the Arkansas and White River, and right before they both open up into the Mississippi River, and you had it formed an island there that that was known as Big Island. And we'd be down there deer hunting. I, I wasn't about seven years old. My daddy had put me on a stand by myself. And, man, I'd sing to myself. I'd shoot a squirrel every once in a while if one of them was brave enough to come by. I wasn't worried about killing no deer. I was just worried about keeping the monsters away. There were bear down there. And uh, all kinds of things. African lions, things like that. But... But uh, I'd be sitting there. Man, the sun was shining bright. I'd be having a good old time. And man, I'd look and that sun would be getting lower and lower and lower. And I'd start seeing shadows across the ground. And I'd start thinking, you know, probably my daddy's got out there and he's got lost. He's never going to come back to get me. These bear and these hogs and these African lions, wildebeests and things like that's going to come get me. And I'd be thinking, and man, my imagination would start going wild. And as it'd get darker, I'd see more things out there. 
and them shadows would start to move. And I'd say, you know, he probably fell out of that stand and he's hurt. And he's probably killed himself and he ain't ever coming back to get me. I said, you know what probably be the best thing for me to do is just scream real loud. And so I'd start hollering. Man, I would make those woods echo with my voice. This didn't happen just one time. This happened many times. This was my normal procedure when it would start getting dark. That would keep the boogies away. And so I'd start screaming finally. One guy walked up on me one day and he said, Son, said your daddy's over there hunting. I told him that you was hollering. He said, Just tell you to shut up. He'll be there in a little bit. I said, So he's okay. He said, Oh, yeah, he's fine. He'll be here in a little bit. So I'd sit up there a little while and, man, I'd get to think about all them monsters. But you know, I, I, I remember one time I was hunting and, and uh, with my older brother, brother Guy Looper, and my grandpa. And, uh, man, this deer liked to run slap over me. And I raised up, and I, I didn't even aim. I think I shot him from my hip. I shot that deer, the first deer I ever killed. And he fell, and I was so excited. I'd never shot one that actually fell before. And uh, I thought something done happened that wasn't normal. And uh, so I went over there to that deer, and I looked at that deer, and I began to holler and scream and holler at my grandpa and my brother and tell him I was trying to tell him that I killed a deer. I thought the whole world would be excited, and this guy walks up on me, and he said, Son, said, uh, you killed something? I said, I killed a deer. And he come over there, and he said, Well, you sure enough did, didn't you? And I said, Yeah, I did. He said, uh, he said, What are you hollering for? I said, I'm trying to get my grandpa and my brother. He said, Well, okay. And so he walks on a little while. About an hour, he comes back, and he says, Son, he said, I seen your grandpa and your, gra and your brother over there, and they said you just holler every time it starts getting dark. They'd be here when it got dark. So uh, <clears throat> I said, man, they don't even want to come see my deer. He said, I told them, man, that little boy over there's got a deer down. He can't kill a deer. And they thought I was telling the story, but it ain't never happened before. But I, I can remember in the, in the darkness and, and being there, and after I'd screamed my lungs out and I'd, I'd cried and I'd shed a few tears when it'd get dark. My daddy'd get through hunting. He'd come get me. And boy, when he would get to that stand and I'd see that it was him, all fear would leave. And I knew everything was all right. He never made it get daylight. He never said, darkness, be light. And it changed to daylight. But just knowing, just knowing that he was there, I knew wasn't no bear going to get me now. Wasn't no monster going to get me now. Wasn't no African lion coming after me now. Why? Because my daddy could beat up any lion. He could whip any bear with his bare hands. And he wasn't scared of any shadow that might have been moving in the dark woods. Amen. Never made it get light. But he changed the way I felt inside. I want to tell you sometimes when you're screaming and you're praying and you're crying and you're begging for God to come into the storm and cop 
and calm the storm in your life and move the mountain in your life. Amen. Just knowing that there is a voice that's behind you saying this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Everything's going to be all right now. Everything's okay now. Why? Because my God. in your life right now. Listen at me, you that has a problem that you can't figure out. The mountain shall bring peace. The mountain shall bring peace to the people. And the little hills by his righteousness. How, how can I have peace? Amen. The apostle Paul, how how can you have peace, Apostle Paul, uh, when you finally make it to shore and you're gathering up sticks and a viper comes out uh, and he bites you and they all look and say, oh, you escaped the sea, uh, but you must be an evil man. But what did he do? Uh, he shook it off in the fire. And what happened out of the storm came revival uh, from God. God had a purpose for the storm. God had a purpose for the snake. God had a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for what you're going through. God has a God has a 
purpose for what you're facing right now. And God says, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to make something out of you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you take a sponge and you put a sponge in the water, the sponge soaks up the water. And then when you take the sponge out of the water and you begin to put pressure on the sponge, what's in the sponge runs out of the sponge, which what it soaked up is water. So what comes out of the sponge when pressure is applied is water. What trials do in your life is what you have been absorbing all this time and what you have been sitting in church soaking up all of this time when pressure is applied and the pressure begins to squeeze you. What's really inside of you begins to come out. Amen. And it begins to flow. Sometimes it's purity. Sometimes it's impurity that comes out. But God has a reason reason for applying the pressure in your life. Amen. Amen. Let me use a very carnal illustration here. Now don't, don't any of you young boys ever do this. But when I was growing up, there was something that was called a C-A-L-C-B-C. Now you know what that is? That's called a come a little closer baby curve. When you was driving in the car and you were courting somebody, you could go around a little curve and it scoot them a little to the center of the vehicle. That's a come on a little closer baby curve. Now don't be trying it. Don't try this at home. But some of you married people need to be trying that. That'd help you out a little bit. <clears throat> but, but that's what God's plan sometimes is. That some of these trials are just a way to get you a little closer to God. The scripture once said that before I was afflicted, I went astray. But God put me in one of them, come on, a little closer baby curves and slid it just a little bit off center. And I began to lean more into God. Sometimes in our life, the trial that we are going through, instead of allowing it and getting mad at God and saying, God, why? God, how come? I don't understand. So-and-so's not going through it. They're not facing what I'm facing. They can be happy. Why can't I be happy? They can have it. Why can't I have it? But what you need to do with your problem, with your trial, with your raging sea in your life, with your mountain that you are climbing, use it for an opportunity to scoot a little closer to Jesus. Amen. Where you're not notice so much but when people look at you they don't see you or what you're going through they see him 
Come on, church, the Holy Ghost is in this place. There's people that's asked a question just this week. There's people that's wondered in their mind and in their spirit, where are you, God? Why don't you move the mountain, God? Why don't you calm the storm, God? Why don't you take care of this problem? Amen, I know that he can. I know that he's able. I know that his word promised it. Amen, but we have got to be to the place that says, God, if you're not going to move the mountain, amen, if you're not going to calm the storm, calm my fear, calm my anxiety, calm my depression, calm what I'm going through, God. Give me the strength that I need to make it through the storm. Somebody in the midst of your storm right now, you ought to get a little closer to God. Maybe that's what God is trying to do. He, he lets you go through the storm to squeeze the things out that he didn't like and he wants to place you back in his presence where you can soak up the things that God would have for you today. God's let a curve come in your life. You're getting a little far away from God, but God is pulling you back to the center. God's pulling you back to the place where he's at. God is trying to help you today why don't you say God if you don't calm the storm calm my spirit calm me God and give me strength hallelujah 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 when the apostle Paul was kept in a Roman prison when he could have quit when he could have had a pity party. When he could have said, God, I don't understand why. And got mad at God. And quit on God. That's where he would be sitting. He'd say, come on. I've got some more things I need to write down to the church of Corinth. I've got some more things I need to send to Galatia. I've got some more things I need to send to the Romans. I've got some more things that God has given me. They tell me that history says that they would have to change the guards that were guarding him ever so many hours because if they left Paul, left them with Paul too long, Paul would convert every guard that come in. How do you do that in the midst of a storm? the mountain that God gave me. God caused God caused a great fish. But what did the fish do in Jonah's life? Swallowed him up. But it brought Jonah back to the center of what he was God has blessed you. Some of you, God has given to you. Some of you, God has 
given you talent to be used for His glory. But you're too worried about the storm that you're going through to ever find out that you can have peace in the midst of the storm. God don't always have to shine a bright light into your life. But God can give you peace. Somebody might want to step out right now and get some peace in the midst of your storm. Oh, God. Oh, God. I've cried a river of tears, though it seems the pain in my heart a hurt that won't leave till I stand by the choice I made long ago I'm going through Lord I brought nothing here when I came so if I lose it all I'll still bring 